Welcome to Disco Coolia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Disco Coolia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Disco Coolia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Retrieval practice. That should be practiced like music and sports. What you can do with prisoner rods, IEPs and related services, and at home early math learning kit. This is our podcast for week 46 in 2022. We welcome Dr. Schroeder. She is the founder of Disco Kudia Services. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Always good to see you here. We always want to go over the links that we have on our website, discoculiaheadlines.com. And um, and the first one this week is about retrieval practice. Now, other than the dog retrieving a ball, what kind <laughs> of retrieving are we practicing here? Well, um, this is actually about some research done by uh, Zeng and others. And although it basically draws conclusions about um, class uh, student retrieval practices, the actual people involved in the study were... Undergraduates, so they were in, in, in college. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. The question was, if testing should be done consistently with all members of the class, or that testing would work out different for different students depending on their working memory capacity or, right. or other um, abilities. Now, what did the research say? It suggested that people with a really good working memory could benefit from retrieval practice regardless what, in, in any uh, frequency. Okay. But on the other hand, people with a lower working memory tended to have a negative testing effect, is what they called, and they uh, demonstrate that the retrieval practice is actually um, not a very act, um, effective, more a costly uh, learning technique. So you, you you spend a lot of time, but, uh, but it effectiveness bear any results. is limited. Okay. So the research suggests that a bottleneck of working memory emerges only when the demands of working memory are larger than um, what you at that moment uh, can um, activate, your own working memory capacity. So basically... Okay. When, when the demands are larger than what you can um, work out yourself, that practice does not, um, that's not effective. So, and, and if you say it that way, it, it sounds uh, logical. Sounds logical, absolutely. Right. Yes. So older people um, benefited more from testing when feedback was provided, but learned better through restudying than testing. There was no feedback was provided. So here, again, you see feedback is really uh, important. If you just do a test, you never hear just only a grade, you never hear what was wrong and, and how you should have done that, that's not a very good learning experience. So now that puts up some questions for, for teachers. How and when should you use retrieval practice testing? Should you adapt the testing for students that you know have a limited memory capacity, maybe. Right. So, as usual, the debate between doing the same for all students or 
differentiation right um, yeah. are testing for various different students that is that is always it's always um, the, uh, the dilemma. an issue right mm -hmm. so a good piece of research you need to to read it yourself i think to get all the details um although it doesn't give a f um, definite answers um it gives you a lot of good questions to ponder but remember the bottom line is you only have a positive learning effect from uh, working memory retrieval practice when working memory uh, capacity is adequate for the task. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a good piece of research uh, from Mr. or Mrs. Zeng. Um, now, the next link suggests that we should practice math like we do music and sports. What does that mean? Well, I, I definitely agree with that. Okay. Um, some people even say you have to practice and strengthen your math muscle, so to say. <laughs> um, now, this is uh, from the website uh, Math Worlds. And they say that when people practice sports or music, they generally do so with a strong understanding of the performance that practice is going to support them. That is going to bring them forward. Right. Now, they've watched other people play games. They listen to other people play music. Uh, they kind of emerge themselves in that sport or the music. And they have very likely kind of messed around a little bit on a court uh, or on a piano before. But nobody thinks that that is... Um, an issue as long as they see progress. So they understand that this point is you start and it's still difficult and every practice brings you and a little bit further. And it takes time before you can play, uh, you know, the symphony. Yeah, Absolutely. Now this should absolutely be the same for math. We should not expect that students, when they get a new topic, immediately get all the answers right. So they need to practice that. They need to work it out uh, and before we expect the students to uh, also become fluent in, in a concept of math, eh, that they can use different um, strategies, we should um, explain it fairly enough and give them a lot of opportunity to practice that before we, uh, we start uh, quizzing them on it. So... We need uh, skill fluency that combines practice and performance. Now, all too many times uh, we see that students who are reasonably fluent in a certain math skill cannot apply it in real life or on a test. So if you only know how to score a goal, and they, they, uh, that's very, uh, that's very uh, appropriate, uh, appropriate this time. now yes. in the, yes. in the yes. time of uh, yeah. soccer. The World Cup going on. It doesn't mean that you can win a game with many other strategies that interfere or, or play a role. So um, I think it's good to discuss this with children and, and make that comparison so that they start to see it's not a problem if you try and, and, and not know all the answers immediately. Yeah, and actually there, there was a, there's a whole graph from the TIM study, the, uh, the 3rd International Math and Science Study, uh, which shows that teachers in the U.S. have their students work on problems alone 
or in groups more than in other countries. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So basically, um, the comparison is made that um, to make um, a goal, yeah, going back to the soccer <laughs> thing, right? you need to be able to shoot from different angles. Yes, yes. And that goes also uh, for uh, <laughs> doing math. So okay. You apply it in, in different ways instead of just having to practice a learned uh, yeah. learned strategy. I love the comparison. Now the next link is about what you all can do with Cuisinaire rods. Well, this is uh, from the Association of Teachers Mathematics and they share a wonderful short and helpful article about some things that you may have never thought you could do with our famous Cuisinaire rods. Well, people who do our course have, have seen those, but uh, they're not in use in general in, in American schools. So here is a free downloadable document, and it gives a lot of good examples. And also the, the pictures are colorful, like the Cuisinaire rods themselves, and that makes it uh, even more clear what can be done. Now, one of the nicer ones is where they make boats, with the rods. So a boat is made with three rods on top of each other and the smallest one on top and the largest one below and it really looks like a boat. So um, you can then ask questions like what different boats can we make uh, with the oh, yeah, a certain nice. group of rods we have? Can we make all the colors? What is the same and what's different between two boats? So uh, they then have a nice game with the boat. So let me explain here. So it's a, uh, a race, so to say, uh, what you can do with it. And also a great variation on the staircase game where uh, students are drawn to notice differences in rods and the rods uh, help them to connect numbers with their sizes. And that immediately translates into the length if you put them in a, in a number line. So they need to, and to find rods of um, ascending uh, length. Right. Now, there are also other examples of um, growing patterns. And obviously the reason the rods are not marked with a number, so that was one of the questions actually uh, from my parents, it's all about how they relate to the others. To the number, right. So how they then relate to you each can other. Right. To each other, and then you can also use okay. them uh, for um, fractions. It, it's not only about their absolute value, although <clears throat> to start for kids who are in the very beginning phase of learning math and think very concretely, you can obviously use them as the numbers 1 to 10. Right. Okay. Well, sounds good. Uh, yeah, they're always a very valuable uh, manipulative, eh? the Cuisinaire rods. And, uh, so this is a free downloadable little booklet. Our next link is about IEPs and related services. What's happening with that? Yeah, this is from the website called Walk with Wendy. And, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a good reminder from uh, Learning Essentials uh, who remarked that many students uh, have IEPs with so-called related services on it. <laughs> As a parent, it's important to know exactly right. what your child what is, is that. <laughs> yes, yeah. is expected to receive and 
also to check if they have indeed received it or <laughs> what is done about it. <laughs> now, the URL uh, given in the link goes to a video where someone from Learning Essentials uh, talks you through it. So okay. that's very helpful. Oh, that's helpful, yeah. And they suggest to put reminders on your calendar to check. And also they offer um, another download with IEP action items. That's good. That's yeah. good to have for those who have uh, IEPs. Absolutely. Oh, this already brings us to the last link for this week. It talks about an uh, at-home early mat learning kit. What's that? Well, this is from the Development and Research in Early Math Education Group from Stanford, Dreamer. Uh, we have referred to them more often. They yeah, do very wonderful, wonderful work. And they have uh, published an early math learning kit. So you can work with your little ones to involve uh, some uh, easy math while going through their regular daily routines. It's not going to take you a lot of extra time or effort. Now, uh, let me tell you what is in that kit, for, for example. Tips for reading. If you're reading books with your children, there are some tips for also bringing math topic books, storybooks that have numbers and, and shapes and sizes. Okay. Then if you do any cooking, think about the recipes, prepare food. Uh, and here they share two really easy recipes for cookies and which child does not like cookies <laughs> and uh, also uh, a personal pizza um, that allows a family to start math conversation while cooking and you obviously see yeah. some fractions in there now remember math snacks what how, how fun is that if you have just a few extra minutes as you go about your day check out these brief ideas for um, uncovering and talking about math in everyday moments like cleaning up toys or getting ready for bed and um, counting snacks things like that and then card games obviously that is a, that's a biggie so if you have any deck of playing cards and uh, maybe 10 or, or 15 minutes to spare uh, take a look at the directions that they have okay um, there's four board games that are really easy to do do not need any preparation okay. they're fun and they allow children um, to practice some skills like adding and comparing numbers it's always as uh, it's well presented it's colorful it's very useful for busy parents and um, also it's both in english and in spanish okay that's good as well Okay, well, that's, uh, that's a great, uh, great kit uh, for young parents. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, for your insights. We hope to see you again next week. Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com. You can follow her everywhere on the interwebs. Uh, whenever it says DiscoCulia, you'll be sure to find Dr. Schroeder somewhere close to it. She has five uh, wonderful webinars that run every workday night at 7.30 in three different time zones. And you can subscribe to those by going to webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. Now, if you have any questions about anything that we've discussed here or any comments, uh, go to our website, discoculiaheadlines.com and just hit the button, ask a question and send us your response. 
Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.